Hi, everyone, and welcome to Jehovah Boy. I'm your host, Doug Smith, and I'm sitting with a very special guest today, and real live Christian pastor in the flesh. Caught pastor Kid. I caught one. I caught one. <laughs> That's right. My to catch a predator trap worked. Incredible. <laughs> Never saw it coming. So uh, I was introduced to you by a friend in comedy. Yes. Mutual friend. That's right. Kevin James Doyle. Mm, what a guy. What a guy, right? Wonderful guy. And uh, I know that he's a uh, he's a, a fine young Christian boy, avid churchgoer. Yes. And uh, great at relationships. Check his specials out. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're lucky in love. Um, he's told me that uh, he thinks that I could benefit from um, finding Jesus, as they say, perhaps incorporating Christ into my life. Yeah, so fold him in. Yeah, so I figured it would be good for me to, um, you know. Shocking revelation about Kevin, actually. But Yeah, you never know, man. He's, you never know what he's going to say behind those <laughs> doors. But uh, I thought it would be good for me after years, 20 years of uh, running away from religion and spirituality of any sort to see what's out there, see what the other side has to offer. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't want to think of Jesus as inherently bad, which, you know, I, I've come to find out that Jesus himself is not bad. It's the Jehovah's Witness teachings, uh, which he was roped into, that were destructive. But it's not Jesus himself, you know? Yeah. He, he has nothing to do with Jehovah's Witnesses. He died, what, what eight million years ago in the Cretaceous era? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, big, big calendar move by him to have the whole, you know, calendar based on his uh, his life. That was that was clever. I mean, thirty three A.D. You know, if you know, I don't know if we're doing A.D. anymore, but um, you know, that's pretty pretty back there. I think so. Yeah. So he has he has no he has no uh, he has no dog in the race in terms of Jehovah's Witnesses. He has nothing to do with. Got that. no horse in the fight. It. Yeah, no horse in the fight. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah I mean, well let's be honest i mean it's like christianity has done its fair share of roping jesus into things that probably are not uh you know his bag uh yeah as well so it's not just the, the j-dubs out there soiling the rap um right right it's uh we've all done our fair share yeah i'm sure he would be rolling in his grave if he knew that well i mean if i don't know yeah if if he hadn't risen from if he hadn't risen from the dead right. he'd be rolling in his if he hadn't risen from the dead he'd be rolling in his grave if that's only. a lie <laughs> wow yeah kind of like uh you know i was thinking the other day that i think kurt cobain probably killed himself at the right time because if he had any idea that three-year-olds were going to be wearing nirvana t-shirts sold at target man you know dude i don't know what your high school and middle school experience was like but i was came up in such a like you had to be able to name three songs of the band if you were caught wearing the shirt you know and now this like yeah. target acdc nirvana you know like billy joel shirt phenomenon yep. it's tough to swallow like there's that poser you know label yeah. that comes out i'm like you know what let let's let the kids be kids you know come on yes yeah um nobody even uses the word poser anymore. i know why not right uh, if you walked up to a six-year-old kid in a Nirvana shirt and we're like called him poser. Wouldn't care. Yeah. World's changed. It has. It's devastating. Anyway, so 
I have a lot of questions about your church, which remind me the name of your church. Uh, Trinity Grace Church. Trinity Grace, and it's located here in Park Slope. It is, right here in Brooklyn. Uh, we are 14 years old as a congregation um, this year. So, um, yeah, we we had a sister church in Manhattan. Um, and, um, yeah, it's been a wild ride, you know? And, and if I were to choose to attend your church or if any of our listeners were to choose to attend your church uh what where do you have a actual yeah we brick and mortar building we rent space in an auditorium um 355th avenue middle school 51 it's right by the bustling farmer's market on sundays in park slope one of them um a lot of a lot of farm to table um food a lot of organic pickles, a lot of nice cheeses, um, a lot of home goods and, and arts being sold right outside of our church building. And it's actually one of my favorite parts. It's like that's, right in the heart of the neighborhood. And, and that's the big selling point. Come for the artisanal cheese. Come for Jesus. Exactly. Come for Dr. Pickle. Stay <laughs> for Jesus. I really do want to put on a t-shirt if he hadn't risen from the dead, he'd be rolling in his grave because that it really says a lot. And I think the world needs more t-shirts with like clever saying. It's all about merch. It's yeah. a merch collab. It's amazing actually how many churches have merch now. That was not a thing it. when I was first coming up. I mean, maybe maybe J-Dubs had merch. Yeah, oh. like, Do you have like a cool black sweatshirt that, you know, says the end is near or anything? <laughs> <laughs> See, I would wear that. Right. Yeah. And Babylon, their, their depiction of Babylon the Great, which I don't know if you've seen, it's like a seven-headed red leopard looking horned leopard looking beast with a with a harlot oh, uh, yeah. drinking red wine riding on the back of this tell me that doesn't make it an incredible tattoo that's but that was the in, inspiration for my logo for this podcast i'll Dude, show you when we're i can't can't wait rolling. to see that i mean yeah that on the back of a sweatshirt would be incredible oh, yeah i don't know where someone upon something right here somebody was telling me early on in this podcast a hasidic jewish fella actually when i was telling him about all about armageddon and Babylon on the great and you know fire and brimstone he was like Job's witnesses are pretty metal that's true like yeah i might have borrowed a lot of their uh indoctrination from uh norwegian death metal which okay. that's true pretty cool okay so small side note yeah so we're gonna talk religion we're gonna talk cults uh here um i got indoctrinated semi-recently into the crossfit cult i'm not necessarily i'm not gonna say one way or another about it i'm still you know still getting still learning the ropes but a friend gave me a pack of free classes which is very generous but i was in my crossfit gym the other day um and there was like this like i don't know like really sweet young lady who had a sweatshirt on in the back of the sweatshirt said um i eat dead infants and the front was like some big metal band and i was just like what an incredible thing to have on the back of your shirt like that's uh Wow. That's a wild statement. Just to lead with that, you know, like before anyone knows who you are, that that's on the back of your shirt. See, I would have, I, I think that would be great merch for the Democratic Party. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad that you recognize that it is, in fact, a cult. Yeah. A lot of people, like most cults, most people get involved. They don't swept away in it. They're not aware. But if you are aware that it is a cult where you join, you willingly are participating. Yeah, I feel like I'm the target demographic in some level, like, you know, early 40s. I've just been, like, chugging along at the Y or doing nothing for a while. And it's, it's yeah. I actually really do surprisingly enjoy it. So 
I bet. I'll report back. And it's only what is it like? It's like 20 minutes high intensity, right? It's not like you're working out for an hour. Well, actually, your heart would explode. No, it is an hour. It is? But like not the whole part. Truck tires? The whole whole thing's not high intensity. There's probably 20 minutes in the hour that's super high intensity. But my favorite part is you just show up and you turn your brain off and an hour later you leave and it's like, I did a good workout and I did a bunch of stuff I wouldn't do if I was going on my own. Yeah. And that part I like about it. But wow, that's impressive. See, I've often said that, you know, my mom just needed to feel... She was the one who led the family by, you know, the nose into the Jehovah's Witness okay. film. All right. And I've often said any number of things could have could have could have uh, come along before Jehovah's Witnesses. She just wanted to feel part of a community. Could have been CrossFit. If only, if only it was CrossFit. You'd be Yeah. You know, sharing the gospel of kipping pull ups. She'd be jacked and I would be devoid of PTSD. Not so bad. If, if only. Yeah. If only. I'm sorry, you asked so, what would it be like coming to our church and all I mentioned was the um there's a the farmers, farmers market, market outside. Yeah. Um so it's in the middle school in the middle gymnasium. Yeah, don't tell anyone. I don't know if people like that we meet it at middle school. But um, I mean I think that's cool. I th- I hope you take full advantage of the gymnasium and, and as soon as the church service is over, you end with a dodgeball game. One hundred percent my kids' favorite part of going is like <laughs> playing in the gym before and playing after. There's like half of the year where there's a basketball league in there at the same time. So the like music and sermon is competing with, you know, whistles and dribbles and, you know, get the rebound wow. screams from aggressive parents. Sounds like a Japanese game show. It's very exciting. All kinds of distractions. Yeah, all kinds of distractions. So do you think that would be fun though to have a, a, a church dodgeball game and all the tur- all the balls just say temptation on them? Ooh. You have to yeah. you have to dodge temptation. See, this is the kind of object lesson that like the church I grew up in was all about. We had a um I I was actually in a drama once called the sin box and there's a cardboard box sitting there and it just says sin on it and a a, a young person myself in this instance walks by sees the box um and puts a foot in it's like oh yeah puts another foot in oh yeah and then they go to take their foot out and can't they're stuck they're stuck in sin and then wow. all these different people come by. There's like the party crowd, the money guy, the church guy, and then nobody can get him out. He's stuck. And then Jesus' character comes in, pulls him out, steps in the box, boom, boom, boom. And that's why wow. that's the end of the sketch. He's crucified in the sin box. And he takes the sin box. Yeah. And gets in ah. there. Gets in there. Gets he the dies for our sins. There he we gets go. him out. See? Gets him out. I got some brains up there. But after you like, uh, right after that, you play dodgeball with temptation balls and taste. Hey, man, I'm, I'm going to this church. Yeah. That's, I would be roped in immediately. A lot going on. So you mentioned you used the word drama. So this was a, a, a play of sorts, uh, to kind of, like you said, an object lesson to deliver this religious teaching. Mm hmm. It's amazing to me to use the word drama because Jehovah's Witnesses, they have these these conventions okay. every year. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, where like 10,000 Jehovah's Witnesses will descend upon an arena. Okay. And it's like hundreds of con- congregations from the, you know, the three county area. Metro area. Yeah. yeah. The region. So I grew up in Ridgefield, Connecticut. We used to take over the New Haven Coliseum, which was a minor league hockey arena. That's they had, you know, Van Halen used to play there. It was, uh, they, they had some, they had some big acts. It was, yeah, it was an arena. It was a New Haven, New yeah. Haven's a dump, but it was an arena. But they're showing up for hockey up there. Come on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. 
So, uh, but the one thing as a kid that I look forward to at these conventions, which are like these eight hour, you're just sitting in this. This is like, like speaker after speaker after speaker. Speaker after speaker. You're sitting in these horribly uncomfortable steel, you know. Yeah. It, paper thin cushion chairs or the back. Oh, it's, we got this in the middle. It's in no the cushions back. even. No cushions no at all. I got to get through it. All right. Uh, so yeah, they were they were brutal. But the one saving grace was in the middle of each day, they would have a drama where they would have any Jehovah's Witnesses that had any semblance of acting chops. Yeah. And they would be these scripted things, uh, often depicting biblical times. Yes. So it would basically be somebody wearing like a burlap sack, mm-hmm. like a rope belt. This is Father Abraham wandering through the desert. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, there's nothing that makes for better art than a, a skit that has to hit the meaning nail right on the head. And mm-hmm. then, uh, yeah. you know, and yeah. you know it's going to be good. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty great. And we'd be up in the nosebleeds. I'd be looking through my binoculars, seeing some dude fumbling through his lines. I mean, Jehovah's Witnesses are not the most educated bunch in the world because they discourage higher education. It's so some of these people can barely read let alone memorize their dialogue for these dramas. So it was it was quality entertainment for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Listen, we had our fair share of 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 drama in my Christian church. I mean, I grew up in uh, the South and the Baptist church in the South. So there was a lot of uh, we had we had a drama group. We had like mime singing, dancing. There was a Taekwondo like club at our church that like. Somehow did Taekwondo, you know, with a message, uh-huh. you know, so whatever that means, you know, we did that. So, wow. Yeah. Taekwondo with a message. Taekwondo. Catch the message? Uh, right in the jaw. <laughs> uh, yeah. It Southern was, Baptist, that's, that's hardcore, man. Yeah. That's like right up there with, with, yeah, the, the, we're not, it's not some kind of like, you know, in terms Lucy of Lucy Methodist, you know, like show up on Christmas and Easter. Like this is a real deal, you know? Yeah. Um, so you were, t- you were probably terrified of God. Well, oh uh, yeah. God being aware of every thought that passed through your head, every impure thought, not just the action, but. Yeah. Know. It's interesting. I don't know if I thought of it like that. Like he was think he was in my head, but I definitely was afraid of like the afterlife part, you know, mm-hmm. like. Uh, and Baptists in, um, were very big on, you know, make sure in a sense, like you got your passport stamped for the afterlife because you don't want to show up there and not know where you're going and not know how to get in, you know? Yeah. So, uh, that was a big deal. Wow. So you were raised Southern Baptist. What made you leave that group? It's interesting. I don't know. I mean we can get into this, but I don't know if you have any positive, um, like connection to your J-Dub upbringing or like, Hey, I don't believe this, this way anymore, but there were people that I really did care about. There were good people sure. there. Um, but that, like, I still relate very positively to a lot of aspects of the church I grew up in. Um, even though I would distance myself from some of how they articulate their beliefs and some of how they op- operate. Um, but there is some part of that that's still that's still in there. Obviously, I'm still on the team. Still, like, I mean, I went on, I went on my own journey to come back to this. But um, so I would say the way I hold my faith and what like the feeling of our church is very different than the 
Southern Baptist church that I grew up in, but there's, there's definitely like enough, you know, overlap in the Venn diagram that it's recognizable. Like my mom comes up, you know, and visits our church and she's not like, what now, what is going on here? You know, she understands like the, she doesn't think you're half-assing it. She, she probably like does a little bit, yeah. th- you know, or, or she's like worried that we've gotten too, too liberal or something, but, right, uh, right. you know, she's, you know, she's like happy that I'm doing this. Because uh, I almost imagine Southern Baptists as, as, as like, it's all about um, almost like self-punishment in a way. Like, <laughs> like, no, like, like how, how lowly can I make myself or not lowly, but like. You are you're constantly striving to um, similar to, similar to witnesses. The bar is always being raised. You can never really rest on your laurels. There's always uh, greater devotion to be had. Yeah, always more more godlike qualities to be had. For sure, there's a dick, a huge like guilt piece. I mean, I talked yeah. to Catholic friends, and and you know, and sounds like J Dubs were in this where there's like a lot of behavioral modification. And if you're not doing it this way, then you're supposed to feel bad about it. Um, but one of the things I did appreciate, like there was a lot of talk about like forgiveness and grace in the, and maybe this was loosey goosey or whatever, you know, compared to the J dubs, but, um, there was a lot of talk about, about that, you know, and, um, you know, it did, like I still had religious anxiety about how God viewed me about the possibility of ending up forever and ever and ever in unconscious, you know, in conscious eternal torment. Like that's tough to stomach as a seven-year-old or, yeah. you know, as a 47-year-old. Um, but there was, it doesn't, it doesn't get easier. <laughs> it doesn't get easier. <laughs> as life gets harder. Yeah. The thought of eternal torment. Yeah. So I, I, uh, you know. It depends on what you hate your job. I, I or you're married. Freak out when I it'd be a blessing. Hooked up with somebody, or you know, like yeah. you know, smoked weed or whatever. Like that would be the the source of the paranoia. You know, right, like right. when I would get paranoid, I'd be like, God, see what's going on here. You know, uh, so you you've lived a life. You've had your fun. I've had so your yeah yeah. Listen, I uh, I did not my I w- I will say my family was not in the center mm-hmm. of like leading the charge on like the super moralism part of it they were they attended and they appreciated and they certainly wanted me to go the right the right way um but my you know my dad like smoked and smoked and drank and like you know with like was rough around the edges on his own and um you know sort of had to be like a funny story in my family was my mom wouldn't marry him unless he was christian and so he went to church and like counted all the like um like light fixtures on the top of the sanctuary to prove that he had been and then like came back and was like, Okay, so I went and and, and like that was gonna be enough and she was like Then she had to count them to She was like, Well, actually she missed right. Oh no, she was a bit more like, Well, it's not about that, Jim. It's about uh it's about your own hate, you know. Um but he didn't come around to that till a long time into their marriage. So um yeah, he was, you know, just participating, uh, kind of dra- dragged along in the beginning. I mean, he, he wouldn't have said that. And it was like, there's enough subculture Christianity in the South at that time that there was a there was a social benefit of being there. Of like, hey, if you get a, a car dealership or a real estate office, like this is a place to meet pe- people and get clients. And like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to run for office, you better be in the church, you know, like. Right, you know, right. Mm. Yeah. The money grab always comes into play. <laughs> Doesn't it? 
So I must say, as far as I'm concerned, most young hip pastors, which I would consider you. Oh, stop. Where where do you have all your bad tattoos hidden? Dude, that is one thing. My dad, for whatever reason, made me promise when I was 15 that I wouldn't like get tattooed and piercing. And, yeah. it, and at that point, I didn't have much interest. So I went ahead and, and made the promise. And now he's dead and I feel like I can't get out of it. So I have never, I've never. You don't have a single tattoo. Not a single one. Wow, you need it. Clean as a whistle. I feel like we're a rare breed. Yeah. Wouldn't you say so? Oh, and now with zero tattoo. And so now I feel like this, we're sort of like edgy in our own right. Like, exactly. No, we yeah. don't have tattoos. So mm-hmm. what about that? You know, something straight edge, baby. Exactly. Like anybody can get their right. latest idea put on their forearm, you know? Right. Not us. And then my original birthday suit, original article. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I appreciate right. it. So no tattoos. So tell me, what is it that you love the most about Jesus and Jesus teachings? Man. That's a huge question. Um, the most I need to—I wish, I wish I had them all ranked. You know, like this is the number <laughs> one thing. Um, but I—I I will say, um, if you read like the four accounts of Jesus' life in the scriptures, um, people are always like trying to trap Jesus or question him. He's in—he's in like one of the refreshing things about him is he's always in conflict with the religious leaders of his day. Like he's constantly like mixing it up with them. And they're frustrated with them, and he's frustrated with them. Um, so he wasn't drinking the Kool Aid. He was. He didn't seem to be drinking the Kool Aid. Like he was doing. He's flipping over tables in the temple, yeah. and you know he's changing water to wine to keep a uh, a wedding party going, and he's he's healing people on the Sabbath when you aren't supposed to be doing that. And um, a bunch of times he comes into like, hey, this is the right thing to do, and this is the loving loving thing to do, and he goes the loving route, you know. And I really appreciate that that about Jesus and. There's this one moment where they're trying to pin him down and like basically like, hey, tell us what the most important rule is or the law is. And because essentially no matter what he says, he loses because if he picks one, then he's de-emphasizing something else. So they've got him in the trap. And he sort of escapes by saying the number one most important thing is love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, which, you know, um, stuff to be said or questioned about that, but love God and then love your neighbor as yourself. And so, like, I like the simplicity of that. Like, love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. To me, is is a pretty beautiful way to to think about it. And then there's like, well, what if I can't love God with my heart, soul, mind, and strength, or whatever? Like, to me, it's like, is God vain or is He insecure? Like, He has to have our love, or He's not going to make it. And that, to me, it's a bit more like, oh no, um, it's more like if you set if you set your most primary love or affection on something less then ultimately you're going to put too much weight and crush that thing and you break that thing and break yourself um and so put your love in the highest place and then let the rest of the stuff get sorted out you know with that love sort of oriented to the to the highest place and so you know i think about that now with being dad being a parent you know like being being in a in a, in a marriage like yeah like I can crush these things in my life with like so much love, so much expectation, so much needing to get from them by like having God involved. Um, to me, it like is a prioritizing thing that is helpful. Um, and then, yeah, Jesus was like kind of on the edge. Like, I mean, certainly like 
pushing the envelope for his day, shocking people, but it was like around love and inclusion and like, you know, good stuff showing up. Yeah. I mean, I remember I've, I have successfully, uh, deleted most files that were, uh, downloaded into the old hard drive. Yeah. I witness era. Yeah. 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 So a lot of what I was taught has been, you know, out the window, but I do remember certain accounts of of uh, love and acceptance that he showed people that other people did not show love and acceptance for. That were very judgmental of. I remember like le- leprosy was a thing. Totally, was a big thing. Yeah. All the rage, huge back in the, the days. Time. I mean, like it was, it was, it was the AIDS of uh, <laughs> of of uh, yeah of of, of just uh, losing AIDS. a finger, losing a toe. Yeah, yeah. But like he would, he would readily go up to a leper. Touch them on the shoulder, yeah, and heal them immediately, right? Yeah, I mean that's part that's part of it, and like the like super amazing part of that to me, whether you believe in the miraculous power of Jesus or not, like he's like, hey, go and he he's like, go to the temple and like basically like get your your past stamped to go back to your community. He's like, hey, you've been isolated and left out and like excluded, um, you know, you're better now, and the first thing you need to do is go get cleared so you can go you know go back and right. and that's i don't know there's something about that that i i find beautiful you know obviously my cards are on the table a little bit but um a lot of it i guess um but um he was also friendly to prostitutes well all right yeah so there's a story where that i like, clearly he wasn't very woke because <laughs> as we know they are called sex workers <laughs> but he wasn't quite there yet. Some of his language is behind the time. Yeah. You know, very first century of him to, uh, yeah. you know, to, to let them put the prostitute word in there. But um, apparently, I mean, who knows how these, these like church leaders or religious leaders at the time found this, but they catch a woman in the middle of having sex with someone that she's not married to. And they drag her out and they bring her in front of Jesus. And they're like, we got him. Because if he lets her off, he's like showing he's soft on crime. You know, he's like soft on breaking the law. Um and if he condemns her, then everyone's going to see he's not this like lovey-dovey, you know, Jesus people, you know, Jesus character. And he does this crazy thing where, you know, like Mel Gibson puts it in the movie where he writes in the sand and he's in it and he, we don't know what he writes. It's never recorded. But then he's like, whoever of you has no sin, you cast the first stone. And there's this detail that says they all left starting with the oldest ones first. And it's like the people who have the most experience are like, all right, yeah we're out of here. You know, we can't condemn this person. And it's a clever way of getting, you know, out of that situation. But also to me, it's like, he's putting love in the, in the spot it should be in. So, right. right. I always, I always had my suspicions that he was being kind to prostitutes for the same reason that I'm kind to like, when I get a charge, I might get a late fee on my credit card and I have to call up to try to fight the late fee. I'm always overtly friendly. Yeah. To the customer service rep. Like if they tell me they're more flies with honey than, than. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, if I, if, if she's like, Hey, I'm Shanice, how can I help you today? And then I wrap up the call or I say, Hey, I say her name back to her. Most people don't do that. Like, Hey, Shanice, how's how you doing today? How's your day going? You doing all right? Listen, I was like two days paying my balance. I got hit with this $29 fees or any way you yeah. be able to reverse that. And, you know, I'm not actually friends with this woman, but I, I do. I have a hidden agenda. Yeah. I'm making it seem like I'm friends with her so she'll not 
Yeah. 29 You're thinking Jesus was at it for a discount. Was he? Yeah. I mean, that's a reasonable question. I, uh, and again, that's very Dan Brown of you to suggest. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, did Jesus have a lover? Did he have a daughter? This is controversial. I mean, he, he's, he's still a, a, a red blooded, uh, he's still a red blooded American man, American according man. to uh, some, some other country. Uh, white, blue eyes, very muscular, probably has yeah. MMA. Uh, right? Yeah, there's a lot of people who have that vision of Jesus. Maybe uh, Jesus started CrossFit. Who knows? Wow, I'm going to have to get saved again. That might, yeah, might have come full circle for you. Incredible. Wow. So, oh, wait, I got to slip one in. What, yeah, yeah. What's the, um, like, what's the, yeah, I see the J-dubs out and about. I mean, for whatever. You see them out and about. Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad they're putting boots on the ground and not just camping out in the fucking subway station. Yeah, well, I saw someone Prospect Park West the other day, and I did think about what you said about um, you told me that like they're not going door to door with the same enthusiasm that you would you would hope for that you were trained in. They're just sort of letting letting people come to them, um, yeah. which is what I saw. But best case scenario, like what's the win of the win for those folks who are sitting out there with the you know the the setup and the literature and the the, the banner? You know, what, best case scenario. What's best case? I mean, best case scenario is somebody who is completely at their wits end, is fed up with their life, whether that be through some trauma that they've just experienced or, you know, they they prey on addicts, they prey on people that have just had a loss, uh, people that may have just lost their job, people that are destitute and hopeless and have nothing in okay. their lives. And they offer them this hope of, hey, come join us if you... If you stick to the script and you're a good upstanding member of our organization, you'll survive Armageddon and be able to live a life of perfection forever and ever and ever on a paradise earth. Stick to the script. So there, what they want people to do is stick to the like Jehovah's Witness version of the story mm -hmm. is, is, is how you would say it. Yep. And they're like trying to get the sick antelope away from the herd. Yes. And pounce. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Which is certainly not how they would put it, but if you're seeing things clearly, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So they want them to live. It's a complete reversal of whatever lifestyle you live, no matter what that is. Yeah. You know, because you have to, there's a lot of rules and restrictions and you're basically told to shun any outsiders, any non-believers, including your own family. Okay. Uh, you know, be kind to them, but don't let them too close. Okay. Don't let them in too much because they like corrupt you. Okay. Because they're corrupt. Like what would corruption look like? Just introducing other ideas that are not. The same. Say you were a Jehovah's Witness. Okay. And I was your brother. All right. I was like, hey, man, you want to go see that new Scorsese movie? It looks pretty great. It's like, it's very long. <laughs> it's very long. Yeah. And I might be like, yeah, you're right. Fuck it. Not worth it. That might, my, that might be all it takes. Yeah. But. If if you were a good upstanding Jehovah's Witness, you'd be like, well, I can't I can't go see that movie because that's rated R. Okay, and that's against Jehovah. That's not that's against Jehovah's Witness standards to see a rated R movie. So no, perhaps we could see the new Trolls movie. Oh, okay, but you know, like where are the Jehovah's? Actually, Witnesses? no, I can't. I take that back. Jehovah's Witnesses would not see a troll. I was gonna say trolls. It's a little bit like kind of wizardy, exactly. magically. Yes, face. yes, yeah. Um, so where do they get their the standards? Like, how do they know no R-rated movies? You know, like so that that's a very good question. So they pride themselves on being Bible based. Every, all of their teachings and and uh, and and uh, uh, 
doctrines are are supposedly taken directly from the Bible. Yeah. But as you know, as a scholar of the Bible, I'm sure you read the Bible. Uh, we're, we're making scholar do a lot of work there, though, sure. <laughs> Nowhere in the Bible does it say not to, uh, I mean, you know. There's almost no mention of movies in the Bible. No m- mention of movies in the Bible. Can you believe it? It's really a shame. Internet doesn't but that come up. tells me that it's, hey, carte blanche and do as you wish. Internet doesn't come up. Uh, music doesn't come up. Concerts. Not but it, they're saying but derived principles, you know. Like. Derived principles. But so they, Jehovah's Witnesses have what's called a governing body, which is like the Supreme Court of the Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay. Like eight old white dudes. And All right. They, Where do they live? Uh, they, well, Jehovah's Witnesses have a, a headquarters in upstate New York in Warwick, New York. And I think they're pretty much all stationed out of there. Okay. They kind of tread, they kind of, you know. Do they have special clothes? Some some sect they don't show clothes. Okay, they ha- they shop at uh, at uh, Jose Banks just like the rest of them. Just like the rest of them. <laughs> awesome. So um, they are the ones who take these Bible teachings and manipulate them. It's almost like you know I was saying like um, like so I, I perceive Southern Baptists as, as wanting to be almost kind of like self-flagellating in a way and like. That that's what sets them apart. Of like, we're so disciplined, we take it to the extreme. Jehovah's Witnesses, and that I, it seems to not be the case with, with with Baptists. Well, I have a different characterization. I want to throw at you to see what you think of it. But go ahead. Okay, Jehovah's Witnesses definitely pride themselves on taking things to the extreme. So this is how devoted we are. Okay, to God. Yeah, and our devotion to God. Yeah, like you guys say, you guys may say don't have premarital sex. But in Jehovah's Witnesses, if you have premarital sex, you're out. You're out. You're done. You're done. We're keeping our stats really clean because if you break them, you're off the team. Yeah. So we're batting a thousand. Exactly. So they, they, uh, this governing body, they're the ones who take these teachings and adapt them to today's, um, to today's uh, situation, situation, yeah, exactly. Like so, yes. There's no mention the moral quandaries that we're all going to face. Right, invited to Scorsese's movie or to trolls, like yeah. I mean, if there's if there's foul language or sexual immorality or uh, use of any mind altering substances, there are, there could be little things yeah, 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 throughout yeah. the Bible that might allude to not partaking in such. So they then apply that to everything. Don't take part. Or um, take in anything that is morally reprehensible. Now, how do you live in the world then? Like, how do you? How are you supposed to navigate life? You then you don't. You do not. Trapped, like, trapped in a bubble. You just okay. have to. You're. you're well, about, well, accidentally you bump into some morally depraved. Talk about Taekwondo. I'm just deflecting. <laughs> tiger form all day long. Yes. Yeah. Love that. Wow, no wax on, all wax off. Here, all wax off. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's exhausting. And yeah. and you know, when you're Do you have to take like a moral shower when you get home? Or is it like uh like how do you like would you accidentally, you know, stumble across somebody on the sidewalk going off on their, you know, landlord and swearing, mm-hmm. are you obligated to to clean your ears out when you get like I'm not I'm not trying to try to be absurd but like yeah. well what's the deal no no it's only yeah. if you choose to go to the movie or right okay. right all right yeah you you know you may um yeah if you're not directly partaking in something that's considered prohibited 
that you can only keep, you know, your side of the street clean. Okay. And you, uh, you are, however, if you find out about another show, say we were in the same congregation uh-huh. and I went to see the new Scorsese. And I knew. And you knew it would be your duty to report it to the elders. So it's full of rats. So positive. Every Doug has incredible endurance for long movies, but he's taken in some yep. unsavory subject exactly. matter. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's how most Jehovah's Witnesses are incriminated. If they don't confess themselves, well, they usually I have hello. Yep. One of their comrades rats him out because the guilt of them living with that knowledge mm. that their buddy did something. They, you know, they snitch. How do you get, um, how do you get like clean in J-Dub world? Like, how do you get forgiven? Like if you, because there's Catholic confession and like, what do you do? So you have to, there's no confession. Uh, what you would do, uh, the ideal scenario is say I was to, you know, something much more drastic. You know, people might see an R-rated movie and like that's. It's kind of a, a shame on you. Shame you. Shame on you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's not. It's not typically. You're not getting more. You're not getting this disfellowshipped for that. Right. Right. Let's say I was to have a dalliance with a uh, sex worker. Okay. Uh, I would be. Um, I would have to go before a judicial committee of uh-huh. three elders, and I would have to confess my sins to them. Yeah. And there's a chance that's a pretty uh that's that's a pretty big that's a pretty big sin because no, not no happy endings for happy endings no no happy endings not at all there there not only is that a a, a a reprehensible sin because that is fornication yeah that would be adultery on my part if i did so while married yeah 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 um, that would be uh, I would, you know, it's safe to assume that the sex worker is not a Jehovah's Witness because there's not a lot of, no Venn diagram there. No overlap. No. So I would be uh, not only uh, committing adultery, I would be committing fornication with a non-believer. Man, you were stacking them up. And paying, although paying for it, I don't know, might even the score, at least I'm contributing to the greater economy. <laughs> Who knows? Interesting. That might buy me. Free market. So J-Dub's big on the free market. Yeah, I mean, who's not, right? Right. Yeah. So, uh, but yes, I would have to repent, and if I would, there's a slight, slight chance that if I was truly repentant and they could see that, they might, um, they might allow me to stay in the organization. But I would say that's uh, uh, this much of a sliver of a chance, ninety-nine percent chance. Even if I was truly repentant, they would say, "You're out." You can have a, I think they give you a kind of a hearing. You're up for like a six, it's like a six month probation period. Yeah. And then you're able to kind of get on your knees and implore them again. Got it. So you got to like, you got to prove yourself for a little while and then you'll be. All right. This brings up a question for me. So what are J-Dubs think of the rest of the like, because if they're saying they're Bible based, then there's a lot of other you know, Bible people out there, Jesus type people out there. So in Christianity, like I was going to say, Southern Baptists are a bit like the used car salesmen of Christianity. Like we were big on like traveling around, speaking, a lot of, you know, charismatic kind of communicators. You get this, you know, anywhere, but um, that's how I would say more than like, you know, there's other brands that I would say are more like self-deprecating than the Southern Baptists. But like, 
Methodists, Presbyterians, you know, Christian Missionary Alliance, like in a sense, like Jehovah's Witnesses are the telemarketers. The telemarketers. Okay. So how, but like they call it dinner time. <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> I'm busy right now. Nobody wants what they're selling. Well, what I want to ask is how do they view the other, the others of us? Like how do they view like the other Christians or, you know, like Bible, like they obviously must think they're off. Sure. They, they are the, so Southern Baptists, whatever else is out there, yeah. consider false religions, false religions. And they have what they refer to as the truth. They yeah. even say that to each other. Like, okay. oh, this, this guy, you can't hang out with him. He's not in the truth. Not in the truth. Okay. Yeah. They won't even okay. say Jehovah's Witnesses. They'll say the truth. That's, yeah. So keep it simple. Yeah. Right. And that's just a little, you know, earworm that after a while you start to, it's, you know, it's indoctrination. It's, yeah. it's just hearing something repetitive yeah. on, you know, on repeat that after a while you're like the truth, the truth, the truth, the truth. Yeah, yeah, Everything yeah. else is pagan, false religion. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's against Jehovah's yeah. will for mankind. Yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't matter what it is. And even if you're the most loving, accepting, uh, non-judgmental, uh, morally upstanding person. Yeah. If you are affiliated with your church or any other church, if you're not affiliated with Jehovah's Witnesses, not of the truth. You're you're considered a worldly person. Yeah. Okay. And you're to steer clear of all worldly people. So yeah, it's very difficult to navigate the world, yeah. especially once you start going to school. Yeah. You know, and you start seeing all these things that are forbidden right in front of you. You see people enjoying things that are forbidden. Yeah. in front of you and you just have to block them all out yeah yeah so well your church and remind me the name the name of the church of trinity grace yeah and what? that's a that's a point for us to discuss isn't it what the church itself no the name oh the trinity trinity yes because that's, well, that's a divergent let's, point. let's stick a pin in that i definitely want to get to that okay okay well what is it what what do you call your what do you call your religion if somebody, if I say I'm Jehovah's Witness, some guy says I'm a Buddhist, gets to you. You say I'm a what? Um, Christian, I guess, would be the like simplest, you know. And then they're like, well, what do you think? Probe, yeah. What kind of Christian? Yeah, exactly. That's it's, it's just like Methodist, Presbyterian, Baptist. You know, there's like that's one of those. You know, like so Christianity has a big, big split up in uh, the 1500s where. Um, Protestantism, you know, comes comes on board. Basically, like uh, Martin Luther splits with the Catholic Church, and the Church has kind of been splitting ever since. That's one of the, I think, one of the negative legacies of being a Protestant Christian is like when we disagree, we just go start the next thing down the street, and it's like very similar but slightly different. They think of baptism differently or communion differently, and so they start a whole new. Uh, it's oversimplifying, but there's a lot of fragmenting. So yeah, non-denominational Christian, I guess, would be the, the label. Um, Good. And non-denominational in America does have like there, there's a lot of variety even in that. It's like yeah, yeah. like oh you're you're uh, whatever you're you're Skittles, but you're like you're like the sour Skittles. Oh, you're the tropical blend sour Skittles. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So as everybody knows, original Skittles are the best. Right. So you can't compete. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> can't compete with Catholics. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, I mean they got a lot going for them. Um, and <laughs> do uh, I? I mean, uh, dude, right. let me do a name drop here. Um, I got invited a few years back to uh, row 
uh, mm-hmm. with a group of Protestant Christian pastors, and we had an audience with Pope Francis. It was like 40 of us in the room, and we got to ask questions for two hours, and um, it was an incredible like honor, and it was like a, a unity building. Hey, I know we split up in the 1500s, but like let's be friends um, moment, and uh, something Pope Francis, who I have so much respect for, uh, said, you can just tell like his like life as a as a like parish pastor is still so much there like his like care for people his compassion and love um is right on the surface but he talked about like learning the ministry of the ear and i'll never forget he's like people in ministry love to talk uh you need to he said as a young pastor you need to learn the ministry of the ear you need to learn to listen to someone's story really take it in like he said it's crucifying yourself to really listen to someone else I'll never forget that, like moving into their story, how important that is. But another thing he said was a fundamentalist always cares about their own heart most. And if Jesus said, love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself, it's supposed to be this other oriented like way of life. And he said, a fundamentalist always cares about their heart most, which is like, as long as I haven't violated, then I'm good. And so I don't care at all about what your experience is. As long as I haven't violated, I'm good. So I have to protect the rules and the lines because it's about my heart staying pure and who and who really cares about about your heart and that's like you see that in so many things like a, a fundamentalist approach is like a protective of of your heart and mm-hmm. sometimes you can keep that going because you've just never experienced the other like you've never met the person who is embodying that other thing that you're against um and that's one of the things i absolutely love about new york city and is like everybody's here and so you you like really get to know like hey there's people who are trying to live like seriously by a bunch of different religious convictions in the same place you have a bunch you know i mean our world's a mess with it right now so it's not like perfectly simple by any means but um it's hard to live in a place where you never encounter the other person and so like whoever that other is for you Mm -hmm. um, that's that's one of the important parts about a city like this, I think. Um, right, right. Well, and it, it sounds like your church, um, you were not, you know, you were not, let me ask you this. In order for somebody to identify, what is somebody who identifies as a Trinity, Trinity Grace churchgoer, how do they identify? Do they identify as just uh, uh, all-encompassing Christian, do they specifically mention your church by name? And then follow up to that question. Conversely to Jehovah's Witnesses, where like if there there are things that you have to maintain and uphold. You need to go to three meetings a week. Yeah. You need to go out knocking on doors every weekend. Yeah. You need to do daily Bible study and prayer. And if you're caught slipping in any one of those categories, okay. you are reprimanded and your faith and devotion is called into question. So if if somebody was to attend your church every Sunday, yeah, and they were like, "Yeah, this is this is cool. I like this." They sat in the back. They maybe never even like went up to introduce themselves to you or anybody yeah. else in the congregation. They just kind of sat in the back, took it in. Um, they uh, maybe attended not even every week, maybe yeah. once a month, maybe took a couple months off here and there. It You're was, describing everyone who comes to my church. Okay, so really, all are welcome, and there's no there's no condemnation, or there's no uh, you or any of the higher ups in the church. I'm sure you have other 
affiliates, right? In a more of a managerial, I don't know how the, the hierarchy works, but nobody, I'm assuming nobody would come up to them, put their arm around them and be like, hey, you're really not uh, pulling your weight in this congregation here. Are you going to shit or get off the pot here? Go harder and go home. Is it kind of like, take it as you please, whatever works for you? Yes, it is. There's a there's like opt in points though of like if you so you could you could come and participate and there are literally hundreds of people who who do this exact thing which is they come every now and then they pop in they they participate and of course they're they're welcome you know they can come and receive c- communion like um, wor- worship with us they can go to anything that we offer um, I think the level of like um, the next step and it's not like shit or get off the pot as much as like uh, See how cool this guy is? Pastor that says shit. <laughs> uh, we'll have to take that out of the same post. Uh, um, like if you're leading, like you're leading a, a, a small group or whatever, um, like that's where the, hey, people are coming over to my house on Wednesday nights. We're reading this book together. Um, if like, if you just like, hey, I got to stop doing this. Like there would be some level of like, hey, you know, we need to know that you're not offering this anymore or like, you know, so there are places where where there's opt-in points to get more involved or to take more responsibility on, but no one's going to come. Like, I don't like come and say, Hey, we haven't seen you giving anything in the last year or we haven't seen, you know, like, Mm, yeah, that's another, if people are around for a long time and it's, you can tell that in a church, like who's, um, there's all kinds of statistics, like 10 to 20% of of the people in any congregation do everything. Um, and so there's always people that are on like out, outer, like circles of involvement. Um, but you know that like 10% who are kind of doing everything are, and, um, and there's no, like someone coming around and saying like, Hey, you, you have to get into this, this 10% of like the people who are really doing so there's invitations like, Hey, could you come be a part of hospitality? Would you like to sing in the music group? Uh, would you like to be a part of the Taekwondo team? Um, you know, uh, that, that sort of stuff. I wish we, we should get a Taekwondo team actually. Um. Uh, I like to work the merch table. Would you like to work yeah. the merch table? Um, yeah, right. I'm getting as near. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All are welcome every Sunday, 10.30 a.m. 10.30 a.m. I may even pop in. I never thought I would ever pop in to a... Uh, to a, I actually went on a recon mission to a Jehovah's Witness Kingdom Hall a couple months ago like just to check it out, scope it out, see if things changed at all. Yeah, they had picked up exactly where they left off. It was it was it was like being sucked through a portal twenty into twenty years ago. They're, when did they start? Uh they started in the early nineteen hundreds. Started okay. as like a, a publishing of, of the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, just submitting uh, printing and publishing um, various publications about you know the Bible and and this the the founder Charles Taze Russell, basically his interpretations of the Bible. So he didn't set out for it to be a religious group and what it has become today, but it, there was kind of this trickle down effect where uh, I've, I've only come to really learn this over time because that this is all, there's a lot of things that are kind of shielded from you. Okay. Born into it. There's layers that if they knew that you knew that it had kind of evolved and they had falsely predicted Armageddon as many times as they had, there's all sorts of, of, history and facts that if you knew growing up you'd be like oh this is bullshit so you're kind of shielded from that right 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 okay you know, to keep to keep it to keep the organization as a whole as pure and faultless as possible yeah you know 
Uh, yes, I went on a on a recon mission, and uh, I never thought I would do that either. But I kind of like wanted to get some footage that I can't bring it upon myself to post because I felt bad. Like these people are doing their best. Yeah. They don't know anything, you know. They're yeah. brainwashed. I wish I knew. I wish I could like run up on Odie and be like, "This is a crock of shit. Run for your lives!" But you know, they have to do yeah. that on their own. Come do that at our church. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> people, will, people will wake Storm up. Stage. They'll mop. They'll just like whoop. What did that guy just say? You know, the, we, uh, uh, yeah, I'm sure you got some sleepy folks in the back. I mean, church, yeah, church, heard evil church. Yeah, man. Uh, we try to give away coffee for that reason, you know. See, that's great. That's huge. That's a selling point right there. Damn. So you're you're there every Sunday, and you speak for around, what, 45 to an hour? Pulling it back from there. Doing a headlining uh, set every Sunday. a headlining set every Sunday. We're, we're going 33 minutes last Sunday. Damn. 33. Wow. 33. That's impressive. Um, and still, can, can you do a tight five? Can you do a late night equivalent of a uh, of a sermon? You think you could hook somebody in five minutes? Hook somebody? I have an elevator speech. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could. I can have an elevator speech. Nice. Um, All right. Yeah. We'll have to have that on the on our on our part two. Yeah. Part well, they'll be two they'll part. be they'll be rolling in for that. Um, yeah. Troves. Sure. Um. Dude, I want I I really do want to hear because this is a big uh this is a big like divergent point. Um you guys are 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 not or I'm telling you guys, the J dubs, <laughs> no Trinity. Now that's huge for for we're called Trinity Grace Church. And nice. it's like this idea that God is one being in community is like huge. Like that there's a conversation at the center of the universe, that relationship's at the center of that love is at the center right it's big but you guys are like no on the trinity yeah yeah well yeah i mean how about i have you back for part two and we'll get into the whole trinity aspect okay oh, but man. i do love i do love how you still are referring to me as a praxis in jehovah's witness <laughs> wow. what if that was a big reveal <laughs> this whole you thing thought i was on your side this it's is a all a watchtower production you back in yes <laughs> Charles Taze Russell is tasing us from the yeah we're getting a jolt. Well, this has been great, very informative. Man. It's it's really great for me to know that there are uh, religious groups out there that are not as punishing and judgmental and critical and brainwashing as what I grew up with. And and yes, for twenty years, I just wanted to completely turn a blind eye to religion and not even just religion but spirituality any mention of god or christ or anything of the sort was was abhorrent yeah you know yeah understand so uh it's it's cool to talk to somebody who seems to be very clear-headed and open to wait till part two (laughs) (laughs) it's all gonna come out yeah all right well that's a hell of a cliffhanger well, thanks so much for doing this, man. Absolutely. Thanks and for I'll have you back soon. And if people want to attend your church, you want to see Pastor Caleb in action every Sunday, 1030. 1030, yeah. Trinity Grace Church. TGC. TGC. Dot NYC. How simple is that? Boom. Okay. You can find us. Great. Come hang out. On the World Wide Web. That's right. All well, the on the internet. internet is there. All right. Well, thanks so much, man. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.